USC's most valuable assistant coach is, survey says. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free, and I really do appreciate you. If you are watching on YouTube, though, it would mean a whole heck of a lot. Hit that subscribe button. You like the episode, hit that thumbs up. And because Locked on USC comes at you five times a week, don't forget the bell notification button. That way you don't miss an episode. So the signs... Of a, of a football program strength goes beyond just the wins. That's the obvious. You know, one measure that, you know, fans and pundits will, will use is uh, how many players are being developed? How many are being drafted into the professional ranks? So if a program isn't winning or developing, uh, it, it's not like other head coaches are going to try and poach away your assistants, right? Makes sense. You, you want to go get coaches that are successful. So if you're into watching trends, then you're probably following the Trojans' uh, trajectory, and you know that they're trending up. I mean, ESPN's Mark Schleibach, he already has USC post-spring camp as the preseason, way too early, number four team in the country. And, you know, the Trojans are. They're coming off a below-average NFL draft, at least as far as, you know, numbers are concerned. I think the 2024 draft uh, is trending up, though. You can see, you know, unless USC pulls a Cotton Bowl style of choke job, um, you know, Caleb Williams has a 99% probability of being the number one overall draft pick. Then again, you know, USC had a similar probability with less than five minutes to play in the Cotton Bowl. So there's the analogy. But I digress. Uh, not only will Caleb be USC's next number one overall draft pick, I think the Trojans are going to see anywhere from 10, I don't know, maybe 15 players, roughly, plus or minus two or three, uh, hear their names called during uh, the NFL draft. So with all that development that's going on and another 11-plus win season on the horizon, you have to assume that the coaching staff um, will have earned opportunities to, you know, kind of enhance their careers. Uh, so when other programs come calling, and Lincoln Riley told us, you know, they did this past offseason, uh, which assistant coaches, <clears throat> sorry, a little Peter Brady moment there. Which assistant coaches are uh, are off limits? And before everyone, you know, blasts the comment section with, take Alex Grinch. Remember, if the defense gets better and improves fundamentally, shouldn't the defensive coordinator get some love too? Let's give him another year with more pieces to work with. I understand Believe me, I understand. But let's let's talk about the assistants. Uh, 
which ones for selfish reasons, obviously, uh, are the Ed Orgeron, give him whatever he wants to keep him on staff, assistant coach. Let's, I'm going to start with the defense. Dante Williams is considered an ace recruiter. And, you know, he deserves some credit for helping Makai Blackman in this most recent draft, pardon me, um, increase his draft stock in one year. It kind of just goes to show that, you know, stars, the recruiting stars are, are really hard to see sometimes. And when you think of some of the higher rated guys that Coach Dante has coached at USC and at Oregon that weren't drafted in the first three rounds, make sure, you know, just something to consider. He has some head coaching experience, albeit not the best of circumstances. So next step, maybe uh, DC at another program, possibly a head coach. Who knows? What about linebacker coach Brian Odom? Um, he was one of the one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, why USC landed Tacka Curtis. And the transfers aren't afraid of his challenge. You know, working under him. Last year you had what Eric Gentry. This year you've got Mason Cobb, Jamil Muhammad. Is he another defensive coordinator candidate? NFL future? I don't know. I kind of get that vibe. I could be way off though. Um, how about uh, Roy Manning? He look. He's getting guys to work with. Uh, definitely upgraded that room this off season. But that position group has been, last year, it was prone to injury, and it also underperformed. And we know, it, we know it's an integral part of Alex Grinch's, Alex Grinch's speed defense. So let's see how your two plays out with a healthy group and more talent. Perhaps the untouchable coach on the defensive side of the ball is defensive line coach, Sean Nua. Tuli Tuiapolotu, look, he worked his butt off. But, you know, let's, let's give Coach Nua some credit. <laughs> you know, he had, an, he had a reputation when USC took him from Michigan of developing players. So he helped Tuli lead the nation in sacks in one year. Uh, his recruiting looks to be pretty solid. And then, again, the transfers are jumping through the, you know, they jumped through the early transfer window. Uh, they want to get coached up by him. So apparently among his peers, he is very well received. So kind of like Coach O, Coach Ogeron, um, he, he seems to have a really good eye for talent. And I would consider him an ass kicker, you know, Maybe not exactly like Coach O, if you know what I mean. But um, if he can turn around Corey Foreman's career, that's going to be a big feather in his resume hat. And, you know, here's something else to take into consideration. He's familiar with the Big, big Ten Conference, where USC will be stationed starting in 2024. So that's another reason why... He's familiar with the land, you know, uh, with the landscape. Definitely want to keep him around. But I could see him, you know, 
lot of a lot of teams coming after him. Maybe the NFL comes calling. So that's the defensive side of the ball. But before I jump to the other side of the line of scrimmage, let's not you know, let's keep our eyes on the 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 uh, the GAs. You know that the, those levels, that level of assistance, and the support staff. You know guys like Taylor Mays, uh, Bookie Radley Hiles, Peyton Pelour, Will Johnson, Parker Henry. Um, when those guys start getting promoted or moving on to, you know, getting their own actual position coaching status, you know, it's those unseen guys who are working just as hard as their bosses. You need to make sure uh, to give them their credit, as I'm trying to do right now. Because that's how you build, you know, that's how you build the program. It's at that level. And head coaches, you know, they're not just developing players. Position coaches coordinators they're not just developing players their job is to develop the next batch of young coaches lincoln riley grinch josh henson on offense he's the offensive coordinator in name only um that's their you know that's part of their job description they and the more coaches you see leaving from your program the stronger it is usually that's how you build a program. Speaking of building, are you looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you really need to try the best tasting protein bar ever from Built. You got to try these things. And if you're like me, you want to try and be healthier, but you you just hate compromising a taste. I've got just the thing for you. Built bars and Built Puffs. These things are amazing. They taste great. And what makes them so good? Well, for starters, I like chocolate. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. So that was an easy sell. And they come in like these really great, awesome flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream. Uh huh. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and you're going to get a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even need a way to get a box. You don't have to order them online for years. I told you about ordering them at Built. Now, if you're near Sam's Club or Walmart, you are in luck. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of their cookies and cream, their double chocolate bar, or their coconut puff. And if you're near Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box. They got some flavors there called Brownie Batter Puff and Churro Puff. Let me know what you think, and then you can thank me later. So on tomorrow's episode, I'm going to continue with the uh, Who's Going to Challenge USC series, and we're going to continue with that in our last and our third segment of this episode. But first, we're going to continue with the uh, the untouchables, the untouchable assistant coaches on USC staff. And we talked about the defense in the first segment. We're talking offense. So I, I mentioned Josh Henson's name during the segue. He is the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach. Again, it, I think it's great to have that offensive coordinator next to his uh, name on his office door nice touch but we know who the offensive guru and play caller is not to say that he doesn't have a lot of input 
but we know he's focused on the offensive line. And it's where he should be focused. I think if we're grading him on last year, I maybe got a little bit unlucky um, if we're talking about the draft. Uh, he got an unlucky break with uh, Andrew Voorhees. Obviously, when he got injured uh, at the Combine, it would have been interesting to see where Voorhees would have been drafted uh, had he not blown out an ACL. We'll never know. And then, you know, Bobby Haskins, he came over through the transfer portal, but he was off and on with injuries throughout the season. And for whatever reason, uh, the other starting left tackle, Cortland Ford, who everyone was anticipating to be back this year, he just never got was able to settle in with uh, Coach Henson, so now he's gone. Uh, Justin Dietrich, Jonah Monheim, those two love the guy. Mason Murphy speaks extremely high of Josh Henson. And let's talk about Elijah Page and how well he looked during spring camp. Because we're talking about the freshmen, there are also a handful more coming. In his first full recruiting class, first full recruiting cycle, I guess we should call it, He's bringing in Amos Talalele, Alani Noah, Micah Benuelos, and Tobias Raymond. I already mentioned Elijah Page. That's five offensive linemen. It's a heck of a recruiting class. And the transfer portal seems to be pretty good for him, too, so far. I mean, let's see how this year's group does. I'd hate to see him go, but uh, Jonah Monheim, if he decides to leave after this season, he'll be eligible. Um, he's going to be drafted. I think Justin Dietrich is going to be drafted. Let's see who else he's able to develop. Let's see how Mason Murphy looks in year two under Josh Henson's program. Again, I'd hate to see him go. He seems to be a really good recruiter. Uh, tight end coach, Zach, Hans uh, Zach Hansen. Untouchable. Untouchable. For, let me just go over two points here why he's on the untouchable list. Number one, the tight end recruiting is kicking butt. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest about it. Number two, he's married to Miss Annie. You'll understand what I mean by that soon. Just stay with me. Stick around. Um, so, yeah, Zach Hansen, untouchable. Luke Heward, inside receivers coach. Lincoln Riley is adamant that this position needs its own position coach. So uh, Luke Heward uh, is filling in, well, not filling in, he was he, he earned that position. And he is, he, he's got a lot of, um, a lot of talent to work with. So, you know, big time weapons, you've got the 2023, well, he was the 2022 Heisman winner. He's going to be uh, the number one overall draft pick in 2024, Caleb Williams. He's probably going to help Luke get a promotion somewhere, get his own gig. He's a pretty solid recruiter, too. Dennis Simmons, assistant head coach, outside wide receivers coach, offensive passing game coordinator. That's a big title for your door. All you need to know about Coach Simmons is that he was one of the guys that Lincoln Riley packed away on his way out the door in the dark of night when they left Norman. We know 
that Coach Simmons can develop wide receivers. Um, what he's done at Oklahoma, what we've seen him do so far at USC, and again, recruiting. It speaks for itself. Uh, with that said, uh, you know, he's a guy who could see some NFL offers soon, maybe. Um, definitely on the untouchable list, running back, coach, Kyle McDonald. Look, as a Trojan fan and as an admirer of the running game, it's just kind of part of my DNA growing up watching USC. Um, you, you gotta love what Coach Kyle did at Utah, especially um, with how, what he had to deal with, uh, with the losses of those players. Uh, that not only that he recruited, uh, but he also ended up coaching. So we know that Coach Kyle McDonald has an eye for under the radar talent. I mentioned what he did up at Utah, and he knows how to get the most out of what he has on the roster. Uh, he knows how to develop. Last season, uh, the running game at USC was a major improvement. And he gets another transfer to replace Travis Dye in Marshawn Lloyd, who came over from the other USC. Excuse me, South Carolina. There's only one at USC. His, uh, his recruiting, I mentioned it, is par excellence. I mean, you might as well just call the state of Texas McDonald's because he's serving them up. Yeah, I went there. Stupid joke. Anyways, um, Kyle McDonald is on my do not touch list. You saw what he was able to do last year. You kind of anticipate him doing even more with more this year. Uh, you saw the freshman re recruiting class that he's got coming in with Marion Peterson, Quentin Joyner. They flashed during the spring. And we know he's hitting the recruiting trail really hard with Brian uh, Brian Jackson already recruited. And uh, Tatum looking pretty good as well. So same thing on the as I talked about on the defensive side of the ball. You want to recognize the guys on offense at the GA level support staff. So guys like you know, Zach Crabtree, Trey Tinsley, huge part of the foundation. When those guys start moving on, you know... Uh, Lincoln Riley is developing young up-and-comers. So what about the strength and conditioning director, Benny Wiley? You know, last year, I've heard some criticism, and it, it's valid. Um, you know, guys wore down. But that was more so because of the lack of depth and injury, which affected the depth. Uh, but there was also, you know, you could see the the change in the bodies this during the offseason coming going into spring camp this year uh so those guys returning from last year you know guys like Kalen Bullock Latrell McCutcheon you can see a noticeable noticeable size difference Miller Moss is a dude huge uh, big weight gains across the board and that was something Lincoln Riley really really emphasized uh throughout um, the winter and throughout spring camp. So is he untouchable? Let's see how this team performs in year two. Again, last year you're giving you're really giving the coaching staff and everybody 
not not so much a uh, a buy, but there was a lot of work to be done. <laughs> so here you go. This there is really only one, if we're being honest, one untouchable on Riley's staff, and this is why Zach Hansen gets to stick around. That's his. That's Lincoln Riley's director. Excuse me, executive director of recruiting, Miss Annie Hansen. So, when they were together at Oklahoma, they had top 10 ranked recruiting classes in her first four years. Top five in 2019. And among her duties, then there, as well as here at USC, uh, you know, her primary focus is, you know, official visits, unofficial visits, uh, game day recruiting programming, junior days, clinics, other types of special events. If you've ever seen her in action when recruits are on campus, she's a whirling dervish. She is the Tasmanian devil. Uh, and she knows how to drive a golf cart like Mario Andretti or anybody who knows how to drive NASCAR. I mean, she can handle. And uh, she's also really good at developing uh, strat you know, recruiting strategies that are centered around a program's defined recruiting goals and integrating the enhanced application of data, data analytics into the into the football recruiting process. So what all that really boils down to is she knows how to throw a party. No, I, I, I'm simplifying things here. But she really does. She knows how to have a good time, how to let, have to make sure the recruits are having a good time. And where those recruits, they never want their visit to end. She's kind of like Julie, your cruise director from the Love Boat, you remember? Without her, recruiting would go Titanic. Well, maybe not that bad, but I would hate to know, I would hate to be, I would hate to go back prior to pre-Miss Annie. How's that? You get the point. Everybody loves Miss Annie Hansen. She's untouchable. So on yesterday's episode, I talked about USC's first game of the season, their sacrificial lamb, Trojans versus the Spartans from San Jose State. There's not going to be any challenge from those guys, and SC's going to drop at least 60 points on them. So next up to the slaughter, we're continuing the series of who can challenge USC in 2023 that's on their schedule. The Nevada Wolfpack. This is what I know about Nevada. I did some really quick research. And in 2022, they were 2-10 in overall. 2-10. 0-8 in the Mountain West Conference. Their head coach, Ken Wilson, that was his first year. His offensive coordinator is Derek Sage. Defensive coordinator. His name is Mike. Actually, they have dual coordinators. Mike Bethea and Kwame Ajiman, I hope I pronounced that correct, I apologize, A-G-Y-E-M-A-N. They have 13 returning starters, 5 on offense, 6 defense, and their kicker and punter. However, it does appear that they are adding some talent, good good chunk of talent, and you're going to, some of these names are going to sound very familiar to you, 
as I go through their transfer portal. Um, Coach Wilson, they upgraded their offense by raiding the Pac-12. They added transfers. Uh, quarterback, Brendan Lewis, Colorado. Running back, Sean Dollars, Oregon. Running back, Ashton Hayes from Cal. Here's a familiar name, John Jackson III. That's right, USC's very own. Another wide receiver, Isaiah Crocker from Oregon. And tight end, Kaliki Latu from Cal. All those guys are going to be major contributors in 2023. Here's a problem for them on offense, though. <clears throat> Nevada, last year, or at least for the last two years, uh, they can't run the ball. Barely three yards a carry. And they this year, they're returning an inexperienced offensive line with a combined 37 career starts and no player with more than 10. Ouch. Defensively, your, their overview, well, that's their head coach's specialty during his assistant coaching days. Uh, he was a defensive guy. And I apparently, you know, Nevada did show improvement on defense in year one. So, again, while it didn't show up in the win column, uh, they do return some, I guess is what's considered the strength of their defense, their linebacker core. And again, you're going to recognize a few names here. Uh, they return their starters, Drew Watts, Nikai, Mata, Mate, Aya, Lona, and how about Elijah Winston, former Trojan. And they added during this offseason another Oregon transfer, Jackson LaDuc. So, look, as far as how competitive the game is going to be, Maybe Lincoln Riley takes it a little bit easier because he's got some former players on the team. Probably not. However, uh, look, I think everybody would agree with me here. I hope JJ, John Jackson, I hope he gets three touchdowns. One for uh, each, each Roman numeral after his last name. And I hope Elijah has a really solid game. Give me 10 tackles. Um, but let's be honest, the game itself, it's not going to be close. So there you go. That is USC's second game. We know that uh, San Jose State's not going to be an issue. We have a pretty good idea or an inclination that Nevada will not be an issue. We do want to see a couple former Trojans have some games on offense and on defense. But that's about it. But I, I, you tell me, what did you think about who are the untouchables on Lincoln Riley's coaching staff? Let me know. Tell me. I'll be back with another episode of Locked on USC tomorrow because that's what we do here five times a week. I'm going to continue with the uh, who is going to challenge USC. Not sure which team yet, but it'll, I'll make it interesting. And as always, I'll have another couple of very interesting topics for you. So until then, everybody, you know what to do.